Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So this show, you know, I, I almost guarantee that if you don't laugh, then obviously our sense of humor is probably going to go a little bit above your pay grade. But I guarantee you, we're probably going to say some smart ass <laughs> shit during this episode. And I'm, I was thinking about, like, how do I name this guest, right? So his name is easy enough. I'm going to name him the, the Mischief Boss. I really wanted to name him something more related to Marvel, but, you know, I, I don't feel like getting a Marvel lawsuit because I'm thinking he's more like that character than anything else. So why don't you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit more about who you are and what are we talking about today, Seth? Um, yeah, so I am uh, Seth Erickson. I'm the uh, chief mischief maker at uh, Storyfy Agency. And um, essentially what we do is we work with startups to help them um, clearly communicate their value to investors and to the marketplace. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, with that, I mean, obviously reading your bio, like I, I just want to, I want to start at like the beginning, right? In yeah. your bio, you were saying something about in school going head to head with a, with a teacher. So like, let's talk about that story. So we can establish like how we're going to unroll your story today. <laughs> oh man. That's um, so <clears throat> it's actually a story that, um, that my mom likes to tell, which is that uh, she pulled up to the school. This is basically like preschool. And um, the teacher met her at, at the front and she thought, oh crap, what did my son do? Right? Because I was always doing something. Um, thought I was in trouble. And she pulled my mom aside and said, um, your son is doing something we've never seen any other children do. And she said, well, what's that? And she said, well, we, you know, we kind of have this like, it's like a little test where you put up three three panels and then the kids look at it and they just want to make sure they can they're comprehending and understanding what's happening. So they, you know, it's like a rabbit and then there's a stick and then the bear has the stick and the kid goes, the rabbit gave the bear the stick or the bear picked up, you know, whatever. Um, me, I I look at the rabbit, I give him a name, I start creating a backstory for the rabbit, um, and and then give the the bear a name, start saying the bear's backstory, and then explain what they're going to do later on in the afternoon, right? So I'm, I'm going way beyond, you know, what, what the quote unquote test is, is asking for. Um, and yeah, the teacher was like, we've never, we've never seen a child do that. Like they just usually answer, you know, whatever questions we ask them about it. But um, yeah, so I, I, um, I was doing that kind of stuff as a child. Um, and, you know, part of, part of my journey is actually, um, realizing that I was, a, I guess you would say a, a closet storyteller, <laughs> like, I, um, I masquerading as a designer because I was really skilled at design and people paid me a lot of money to do design. And I thought I'm a designer and I had to kind of go through this whole journey of, of kind of going, no, I'm a storyteller. Well, what does that mean? How do I make money as a storyteller? Because I don't, I'm, I don't plan on going to Hollywood and writing scripts or, or writing a book. Little did I know. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it just, it was a, it was a long journey kind of to figure out my purpose, if you will. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, the reason why I wanted to start off with that, I mean, obviously like, like that's what you do. Right. I mean, and the thing that I talk about a lot, the just branding and storytelling and like these two things have to go together. If they're not yes. working together then the chemistry is completely wrong. So again, like if you could define yourself in five words, what would those three to five words be? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I, I, uh, I feel like I'm I'm a pretty dynamic person, so trying to just describe myself in five words. I mean, I think mischief maker, it, like I'm a storyteller and a mischief maker. Um, those two kind of go hand in hand. Like you mentioned Marvel earlier, uh, I, I'm probably more Loki than I am, you know, Captain America or uh, yes. uh, you know Iron Man. Um, you know, um, and, and the reason I say that is because. Um, Loki is quite often creating mischief to see what the response is. He's kind of a, a scientist in some ways. Um, and often he's poking people to 
um, to get them to kind of evaluate their decisions and and what they're doing. And so I do that a lot for clients. So I don't think I quite answered your question, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a storyteller, um, you know, through and through. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean the fact the fact that you you compared yourself to Loki. I mean, behind the scenes, before I even got on this podcast, and I'm reading his his, his bio and I'm looking at his profile, and I'm like, I'm about to interview damn Loki. This is going. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like, how do you go from being such a tenacious kid, a storytelling kid, you know, graphic designer? Like, how how do you can like kind of combine that to create the business that you have right now? Like, what what did that story look like? Um. Well, so. You know, like I said before, with you know, I I started as an illustrator. Uh, I sold my first design to a T-shirt company when I was fourteen. I thought I'm going to be rich, and but you know, that's like nothing. Uh, I it was two hundred dollars, so in, in my mind, I you know, <laughs> I was going to be I was going to be rich, and um, and so what I took away from that was like, oh, I'm a good designer. I can make money doing this. And so I just kind of kept doing it and doing it and doing it until I got to the point where, um, like we talked about a, a little bit before the show, um, I built a company, had 22 people, uh, was making really good money and was very dissatisfied in my job. And the reason I was dissatisfied was that I was not pushing the needle forward for my clients. Like they would pay me for design. We won a bunch of awards, blah, 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 blah. But I was asking them like, are you getting more sales? Are more people reaching out to you? Well, no, but we're really happy with the design. And I was like, and fuck the design. <laughs> like, And that's, that's when I kind of had this epiphany of like, okay, I need to get better at something else because this is not working or it's not working the way I want it to work, which is to help my clients and grow their business and help them, you know, change things for the better. And so, um, so a friend of mine in 2015 said, dude, you're a storyteller, right? Like aside from that, that experience as a child and, and doing a bunch of crazy stuff in late class, um, I never thought I'm a storyteller. I just thought this is something I do. I don't think about it. It's like breathing, you know? And he goes, you're a storyteller. He gave me this book called, um, story wars by Jonah Sachs. I read the book, was completely fascinated with it. It was like I got hit by lightning. And um, I went on a, like, you know, like an audible binge, like a freaking addict. Like I was buying those three credit packs. I was like, daddy needs another hit, you know, <laughs> like we got to do this. And, uh, and yeah, so I think I raised audible stock at least 15% in that year. And um, I read over 50 books. And um, when I started reading the books, some of the books mentioned the neuroscience stuff. And I was like, wait, there's science around this? Like, I mean, I was already sold, right? I was like, yeah, story, great. Um, and then with the neuroscience stuff, I was like, well, if there's neuroscience about this, there's got to be papers. And so I went and read another two or 300 papers. They're really fucking boring. So you don't have to go read them. You can just <laughs> read my book. I kind of distilled that information down for you. Um, and I was like, okay, so we got the science. So we have some proof here. This isn't just me, you know, uh, you know, trying to blow smoke up your ass. Um, and I'm into the storytelling thing. And like I said, the, the story wars book, that guy was running an agency. So I start kind of going down the marketing path and going, well, do they use storytelling in marketing? And what I was seeing was it was more being used in the branding side of things. And like, you know, you mentioned before, like, I, I see story, like if you're going to build a brand, like story is the, uh, is kind of the caramel nougaty center <laughs> that you need. Um, and, uh, everything else kind of flows out from there. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how, how I, I got here. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it was a lot of change. We had to rebrand the agency. Um, you know, we rebranded a Storyfy. um, and Storyfy just means to tell or narrate and story. So um, it's a very uh, <laughs> descriptive of, of what we do and how we, how we help the people we work with. 
I don't expect anything less. I mean, you're a storyteller. So, I mean, and that's why like, I, I love the, like the way you're going to answer these questions. So like, <laughs> even with that, right. Like, I think this next one is like a gateway for you to be more on the mischievous side. Right. So what is like the worst example or the worst case scenario you've ever dealt with in storytelling in your business? Like it could be the worst client. It could be the worst experience. Like just tell a story about like, how did that happen and how did you overcome that? Um, well, I mean, I, I've definitely had some some bad experiences with clients. Uh, y- you know, I would say that at the end, um, I usually end up firing the client, right? And as entrepreneurs, like most entrepreneurs are like, uh, fire a client. That's like a strange concept, right? Like the, the mindset is more like, you say jump, I say how high, right? Like, um, and so... Um, but yeah, like I've, I've, you know, I worked with a client, uh, one time who paid me $500 and wanted about a hundred hours worth of work. And I was making about like $2 an hour by the, by the time this thing's done. And they were, um, calling me at like 10 o'clock at night, asking me to make changes and, and whatnot. And it took me actually quite a long time to realize, um, the, the reason you have bad clients is, is not because of the clients. It's because of you you're the one you're the one who's accepting them and 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 taking them uh taking them on as clients even though you're completely ignoring your gut and not not able to uh separate like yes you're getting paid but you're gonna go through hell and and that sucks um so but yeah like i've i mean i've definitely had some clients that i've uh had some bad interactions with and I've been mischievous with them where I just start kind of fucking with them because I'm like, I'm tired of your bullshit. (laughs) And, you know, uh, they would say something to me and I would, I would take it and I would agree with them, but I would blow it up into this, you know, completely bombastic, um, you know, response like, yes, I'm, I am totally going to create these five new pages that you didn't pay for. Also, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to clean it. I'm going to wash your car. I'm going to put your kids to bed. And, um, and then maybe later I'll pick up some groceries for you. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that, that is hilarious. And, and I'm sure, you know, without naming names, those clients, if, if they do listen to this podcast, they're probably sitting there saying this son of a bitch right now. Oh, they were saying that before they saw the podcast. So it's okay. <laughs> So let, let's just talk. I mean, obviously, like you've had a, a career with multiple different things. And I think that we talked off air. We talked about the commonalities between our mm-hmm. histories, right? Like, I mean, there's so many different things that both of us have done. And you've kind of taken all these things and you streamlined it into where you are right now. So the perception for the average listener is like, okay, this guy, he's telling clients to F off. I wish I had a client, right? He, he yeah. has this <laughs> system in place and he's a graphic designer. He's done this. He's done that. He's done all these different things. But in reality, how long has it taken you on your journey to get from where you were day one to where you are right now? Uh, 20 years. Yeah. Um, and I guess this goes back to the question you asked before too. Um, branding was where I, I took all my design knowledge and was able to pair it with storytelling and start to create something that was like, oh, this makes sense, right? Like, because you need good design, but like, with branding, like good design is like wearing nice clothes, right? Like the person inside, right? What do they say? How do they act? How do they treat you? What is the experience you have with them? It doesn't matter if you, you know, dress an asshole up in nice clothes, he's still an asshole. Um, so, yeah. you know, I just see the, the design aspect of that as just being one element, but the story is kind of like, how do you talk, right? Like what kind of, um, you know, like one of the things that we, we talk with our clients about in this, in this concept of story is um, what is your brand archetype and, you know, understanding based on your brand archetype, that's how you need to talk to your clients, mm. right? Like with us, like I said, we're kind of Loki. So, you know, the, the book that I wrote is throws in lots of humor, says lots of inappropriate things because that's on brand with, with how we are, but it may not be for our clients. And so um, we're always talking about like the communication style, right? Like lots of companies do this stuff where they they just talk in corporate speak or it's very safe, right? Or very bland. <laughs> and so we work with our clients to go, okay, who do you wanna be, 
right? Like, are you the rebel? Are you the magician, right? Are you the, the muse? Like, mm -hmm. figure that out. And then, you know, we'll start to write, you know, the language that, that works with that, right? Um, the guy just recently showed me a, a brand called uh, Liquid Death. And they're basically a water brand, but they're like a heavy metal water brand. You know, and I think their tagline is like kill thirst or something like that. And and like the whole branding message goes all together with who they are as a company. Right. And I see a lot of businesses who basically don't even have a brand because they would just be vanilla, <laughs> you know, and how they talk, how they communicate the experiences, they give people everything. It's just, it, it's all the same. And they're basically commoditizing themselves. So. Nice, nice. I mean, to what you're saying about the brand archetype, and I, I, I just finished like speaking about this, right? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, or you can kind of give me some some insight to, to what, what I'm about to say and what your thoughts are on this. And I would say you have to sure. look at the brand from a perspective of there's four aspects to any universal brand, right? The first is the personal brand, the story of the individual, the owner, or the executives, right? And then you have the company mm -hmm. brand, which is essentially part of the secondary story of the individual. And then you have a service brand and you have a product brand. And I think a lot of times people, they don't really look at their services and their products as individual brands. And I'm just like, well, why not personify them, make them real life, make them have associations, give them psychology behind them, make people attached to them. And, and the statement that I always say is like, can your brand for your product or service stand up in a bar conversation? Is somebody going to walk away from that brand because it's so boring? Or are they going to stay there and sit in that bar and have all the communications, all the talks and buy your brand more drinks? What's your mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Um, well, I, I like the analogy and, and I agree with you. I, I think there is a different story for each one of those elements, um, and, and understanding that they are, they're different elements to each one of those stories as well. So, um, like people ask me about personal branding, for instance, and I'm like, you know, and they're, and so they'll, they'll say, well, this is my story. Right. And, and, and I'll, I'll be like, okay, but when it comes to a personal brand, um, you need to position yourself as basically the mentor, right? Like you have gone through this experience, you've learned these things, right? And be able to talk about what have you learned through that experience? Whereas a lot of people will just tell a story and they're like, and now I'm a CEO. It's like, there's, what's the takeaway, dude? Like, <laughs> give me something to work with here. Yeah. Like you didn't just, just keep working and then end up as a CEO. Like you learned things along the way. You had trials and tribulations. You overcame things. You went through the freaking hero's journey, right? So talk about that, right? Like, and so, so you kind of have to position it a little bit differently. Um, whereas, uh, you know, the, the company's brand, um, you know, you tend to talk more about like, here's, or at least this is how we advise. You tend to talk more about the problem, right? This is the problem that you have as the customer. And I am, I am here to help you overcome that problem. I understand that problem at a deep level, right? So it's a slightly different story. Um, whereas the products, I mean, uh, services can follow the same kind of model of like problem solution that, um, that a brand can use, but products, uh, like you said, you can make them have personality, right? Like you can tell funny little stories and really interesting stories about like how your product, you know, goes skydiving on the weekend. Right. You're just like creating or scuba diving or whatever. Right. Like you're creating like fun, fun, little quirky things that most people are like, this is my product. Here's what's in it, you know, and it has zero personality. They're like, you know, it's seven ounces. It's made with, you know, this oil you know, or whatever. And it's like there's there's no story. And so um, so products in particular, uh, I like I like the idea of creating a, a personality like. Like you said, what does this product do? Um, and thinking about it in that way, instead of just being like listing all the facts about the product, it's like, yep, that's not not engaging at all. <laughs> 
But I think I think what we're creeping is like, you know, the, the, the telltale sign of the scales, right? Well, one side is all the features, right? And again, you could look at all the features. It, it's a camera and it does 1080p and it does all these different things. And it's like, that's all the features. But what the hell are the benefits of that camera? And I think if you mm-hmm. can tell the story of the benefits, this camera will captivate you while you're jumping off a cliff doing a back dive without making you look blurry. It's same as saying it has, you know, shock absorbent, whatever, 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 whatever inside the camera. So I, I think to your point, I mean, being able to tell the story and personify it and utilizing those benefits versus the features is a hell of a lot more useful than itemizing out all the bells and whistles that the product may have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah. So I, so I totally agree with like how you're kind of breaking it down and categorizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that like, so like with branding, you, you, if you go Google, what is branding? You're going to get a hundred different explanations and then it gets confusing, right? Cause well, this person says this and this person says that, um, Marty Neumeier, uh, has a great quote that I really like. He said, um, branding or marketing is what you, uh, tell people about your company, but branding is what other people say about you. Um, I may have butchered that, but well, we'll work through it. Uh, <laughs> and the way that I, I try to describe it to people is think of your brand as a person, right? Um, what is the experience you want your customer to have? Uh, it's like, you know, you can think of a friend and, you know, is that, is that friend fun? Is that friend, you know, how do they dress? How do they talk? How do they act? Right. What is the experience you have with them? You know, one friend you might be, be like, I love hanging out with this person because they always make me laugh and we go on these crazy adventures. And another friend, you might be like, I love just chilling with this guy because he gets like super philosophical or whatever. We have these deep conversations, right? They're not the same, right? And and that's kind of how I see, um, or at least I try to explain branding to people so that they can kind of visualize what they're what they're looking for and how all these pieces kind of fit together. So... Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, with all, with all, I mean, obviously, I think we went down like a rabbit hole. That's definitely going to be fruitful. Anybody that's listening to hear two people go back and forth like that is definitely interesting. But even more, I want to talk about a little bit more about like your story, right? So if you could time travel back, right? We're talking about Loki, right? I mean, obviously, Loki's all over the damn place. So if you can pop from where you are back in time to anywhere that you can recall that you have an opportunity to speak to yourself and say a couple words in your ears to change your outcome of where you are to make it happen a lot faster, when would you go back to and what would you say to yourself? Well, I think first I'd have to get over the shock of uh, myself time traveling. I'd be like, how the hell did you do that, dude? I mean, like, what's going on in the future, man? This you're not a time. You're not the the science guy. I don't. I don't know how this happened. You trip and fall into a machine you shouldn't have been playing with. Um, so, yeah, I I would I would actually tell myself to just to, to start investing in understanding storytelling. Like because, like I said, I I I took it like a lot of people take it, which is I just do this, so I don't think about it, right? And what I learned through the process was like how to be better at the thing that I was doing naturally, right? Like I I equate it to like breathing where it's like everybody breathes, right? Well, everybody tells stories and um, like with breathing, like all these really crazy things have started, you know, happening where like people, you know, do sports and they're learning how to breathe to improve their performance. And then we got this guy, uh, Wim Hof, like crazy son of a bitch is like sitting in zero degree temperature and keeping his, you know, uh, his body temperature up you know, through breathing. It's like, holy shit, man, there's a lot of crazy stuff you can do with something that like just seems so benign. And storytelling is kind of the same way. It's like, um, you know, do you want to have a deeper connection with people? Get better at telling stories and telling them in the right way. <laughs> um, do you want your your customers to remember you? Like long after the, you know, they saw your, uh, your website or your one ad or whatever. Um, tell a really good story that will stick with people that that kind of stuff when you become really good at it um not only um helps them remember you in the short term it helps them remember you in the long term right and uh, too many brands and and companies you know they have to keep reminding people who they are because they just keep saying a bunch of boring crap and (laughs) um but the story cuts through through all that so um so yeah I, i would i would uh want to um i'd want to tell myself like 
start learning about story, not just, you know, the concept of story, but how do you tell a good story? What are the pieces um, that make a good story? What is the hero's journey? How does that um, apply to, you know, the way that you communicate with people? Um, because that would have gotten me way further down the path a lot faster. <laughs> Very interesting. So, I mean, with that, I mean, still still continuing on the path of, of unfolding, you know, who you are, right? Mm-hmm. You, you talked about your mom for, for, for a bit there. So, again, I mean, you're a hell of an entrepreneur, but you're also a hell of a storyteller. Like, this has to formulate genetically maybe from somebody down that bloodline. So, you know, are you coming from an entrepreneurial background? Was your mom the storyteller? Was your dad the entrepreneur? Like, you know, where did, where did this come from that you can kind of look back and think, think about? Um, well, interestingly enough, my... My father was a very talented illustrator, although he worked in construction, um, you know, because in in his era, it was like, you're never going to make money doing art, like you need to get a real job. And so that's kind of what his parents told him, but he still drew uh, lots of stuff. I mean, the guy could like literally, you could say, you know, draw me, you could point at something and say, draw me that. And he could draw it in almost realistic um, you know, illustration, uh, just with a pencil. Um, but at the same time, you know, he spent all day like doing remodel and construction, you know, laying tile, like pouring concrete, building framing for houses, doing roofs. Like, um, so he was kind of an entrepreneur in, in that sense, but nobody in my family, um, really did entrepreneurship. Um, as far as storytelling, I, I can't say that my dad or my mom were, were big storytellers. My grandfather, I remember sitting sitting with my grandfather a lot when I was young, and he would tell me stories of, you know, living through the Great Depression and, you know, World War II. And, and you know, and I was always fascinated by that. Plus, he was a big history guy. So he would always talk about like, oh, this thing happened and like he loved, he loved World War II. He was like, this thing happened in World War II and this battle happened and this thing and this thing and this thing. I mean, the dude was like the History Channel junkie. He just like <laughs> flip on. and But then he would talk about all the stuff he was learning or the books he'd read or whatever. Um, so so maybe, maybe through, you know, my mom's line, but my mom, you know, she's not, wouldn't be a, you know, what I would consider a storyteller, just... I don't know. I, I got the I got the random gene lottery. I don't know. <laughs> Hilarious. So I mean, continuing on the family, right? So I mean, like, how do you currently juggle like your family life with your work life? Uh, it it it's a little bit of a challenge right now. Um, I I actually got divorced last year, so uh, I'm I'm now doing the single dad thing. <laughs> um, but I do you know. Um, I do have some family helping out and, um, you know, it's a little bit challenging, but, um, yeah, like as an entrepreneur, I think it's always a struggle because I find my brain still working on, on work or problems or trying to solve things, you know, after, after work time is over. Um, and I, it's a conscious effort to try to be more present so that I'm not like sitting at the dinner table, just staring off (laughs) into the distance while my children are talking to me. Um, and it's, and so I have to like pull myself back to that. Like, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and it's definitely, you know, and then you get, you know, sometimes you get client calls. I don't get them like late, like I used to, but every now and again, somebody's calling at like five 30 and it's dinner time. And it's like, Hey, I'll call you back after I get my kids down, but I can't talk right now. <laughs> like, um, so I had to start setting some boundaries around that, uh, around those those things to to better manage it, right? Because I wasn't setting any boundaries before, and it was just the business was running my life. I wasn't running the business. <laughs> Very nice. Very. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy that you said that because I mean, obviously, you know. I think there's so many similarities between us and you know, I had an entire decade plus being an only 
a household with just a son and a dad, like, and, and just raising him in that environment. So I definitely know what you're talking about, like having to be attentive, having to be there in that space, but also at the same time, figuring out how to turn off the other side of you, which is always constantly on, no matter what you're doing. And mm. then as soon as that kid goes to sleep, you're back on the grind or you're taking those notes or recording content or whatever it is. So I definitely commend you in, in that journey, man. I, I've been there. I've done that. And uh, I know it's a hell of a journey, but it's going to, you know, I think, where you are now is probably going to be so compounded. It's going to be so much larger because now you have this responsibility on your own. It's going to grow you leaps and bounds for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last year, there's just been a ton of growth in my life. And, you know, like I said, I, I had never planned on writing a book. And then one day I was like, I'm writing a book. And it was like, it was weird because it was like, it was almost like, like, the book was coming out of me like I was vomiting. It was just like, blah, you know, and, and it took me two and a half weeks to write the book. It took, you know, way longer to get it actually edited. But, um, you know, I wrote it because it was just like, uh, it, the, the shit is just pouring out of me. I, I don't, I need to put it somewhere. And I realized later after that, that like I'd gained all this knowledge and experience. And at some point in the future, it is, it's going to be gone. So putting it down in a book, um, you know, has, gives it the ability to, to live on uh, and potentially help somebody who's never met me, never talked to me, you know, never worked with me. Um, and so, but I didn't realize that at the time I was just like, crap, I, I got all these thoughts and I got to get them out of my head because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, it just, Lots of, lots of changes. So. Right. so, I mean, with that, I mean, obviously, like, obviously your schedule has shifted and, you know, pretty much life happens. So like in today, right? Like what does your morning routines, your morning schedules look like? Um, so it, it varies. Uh, like some days I'm doing a, a podcast like this, um, at least in this current season to, to kind of promote the book and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm doing client work. Um, you know, I, uh, I share custody. So some days I'm like, you know, getting the kids <laughs> going and dressed and, and out the door to school. Um, some days I'm not, um, I, I try to go walking for a few miles, uh, three days a week so that I'm staying in better shape. Um, so it, it's, it's a mix, but, um, and then sometimes it's just, you know, reading, like I am constantly trying to learn and trying to get better. So um, I'll fit in, you know, a half hour to an hour here and there um, reading a book. And then, yeah, I mean, once the day is done, I'm, I'm back reading again. You know, like I said, I love Audible. So I'm reading while I'm driving. I'm reading while I'm walking. <laughs> you know, I'm just constantly like trying to learn and get better and go, how do I improve the skills I have? Because if I can improve those, then I can help more people. I can push bigger levers in, in their business. And that to me is really exciting. So nice. I mean, I think that that's a hell of a, a segue to, to my next question. And I mean, earlier on, you talked about reading 52 books and, you know, just by being a, pod host, a podcast host, I had the opportunity to ask this question to a lot of different individuals. So because of that, I created a book club. And in that book club, I'm promoting and pushing everyone to read a book per week, much like you read 52 books in a year. So my next question is a three-part question, right? I want to know what books did you read in the first part of your journey? Like what books helped you to get to where you currently are? Second question is what books or audiobooks are you actively listening to right now? And then the third part is, you know, you, you alluded to writing a book and having a book. Like what is that book and what is that book about and how do people get access to it? Okay. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, the first, first book on storytelling I read was... Um, story wars by jonah Sachs, um and in there he talked about joseph campbell and the hero's journey so i you know read uh the hero's journey by joseph campbell and then i read story by robert mckee um i read some lisa cron books um i can't remember the names of all of them but i mean if you if you look her up you'll you'll find you know, those books on storytelling but I read a bunch of different books, right? Like, like most of them weren't about marketing. Um, they were about uh, either how to write a good story or like story by Robert McKee is about script writing, right? Like, but 
in that you still learn how to tell a good story. Like what works, what doesn't work? Why do you need this thing, not that thing? What is the order of operations? You know, so those are some of the books that I read um, at that time. Um, what I'm reading right now is uh, I've got actually hold on let me let me just look in audible because I, I actually have multiple books going at the same time <laughs> um very nice i'm reading hooked how to build habit forming products uh 100 million offers and uh unscripted unscripted um and those are all all completely different <laughs> um you know one is about how to make good offers uh unscripted is about living um how do you not live the the basic script of life which i think a lot of entrepreneurs already do naturally right like they're not like oh i need to get a you know i need to get a college degree then i need to get a job then i need to you know marry somebody then i need to have 2.5 kids i need the white picket fence house it's like the whole concept of unscripted is like no how do you create the life that you actually want that you will actually enjoy and and not follow the script of what everybody else does so i i think that's a really interesting one and obviously that that kind of appeals to uh my personality <laughs> um so my book uh is called how to hack humans storytelling for startups and um it's actually on amazon right now for pre-order until october 15th and then the book will go full price but uh, if you don't have a Kindle, you can wait till it comes out on the 15th. It'll be in paperback and hardcover, um, which I was like, oh, hardcover. That's a new feature. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then anybody who's interested, they can go to uh, storyfyagency.com slash uncaged to download the first chapter of the book for free. Uh, it focuses on the, on the neuroscience aspect. So, you know, what does science say about this? Um, it's not me just, you know, like I said, just making up a bunch of bullshit. Like this stuff is, has been researched and we're learning new things all the freaking time about the brain. And um, so it's a really, uh, really interesting topic for anybody who's interested. Very cool, very cool. So, I mean, with that, I mean, obviously this, this is your first book. And I think obviously once you kind of crack the system of creating books, I think you have way more books inside of you. They're just going to start spilling out. Like you said, you were vomiting out and you were just writing, writing content. Right. So with that, where do you see yourself 20 years from right now? Um, well, so the, I think I can answer this by, by explaining what the vision of our, our company is. So, um, you know, there's an often quoted 90% failure rate in uh, in startups. Um, I've worked with over 100, and I've only seen two exits, and one was actually more of a hostile takeover than an actual exit. So I've often questioned, is 90% like the accurate number, or is that just us being positive <laughs> about a really bad uh, failure rate? Um, but the goal of Storyfy Agency is to, to work with startups and even small businesses and entrepreneurs to reduce that failure rate by 10%. So if I look to the future, you know, I want to be able to in 20 years point back and say, even if we don't hit 10%, right? Like, well, we reduced it by 5%. And that made a big fucking dent. And and that, you know, helped so many people, has ripple effects on the economy, on um, you know, uh you know, companies being able to help their customers, employment, like, um, yeah, that's where I hope to be in 20 years. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, uh, I think to, to your point, I mean, you talk about economy, you talk about a, more of a global economy, right? To that effect, right? You're trying to help startups, which is essentially the bedrock to everything that we're all working towards, kind of evolve into businesses, small businesses, and then eventually, hopefully into large corporations, if that's the direction they want to go into. So starting from the ground floor up, and you're helping them tell their stories, makes them more stronger companies later on. So I definitely commend you for that, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they got to they gotta get their story straight, if you will, <laughs> um, and build a brand uh, from the beginning, right? Like, a lot of startups work like they're building an airplane while they're flying it. And I, and I get that, but, um, but how you communicate, right? Like if you take your product to the market and nobody cares, 
and you can't answer the question the customer has in their mind of why the fuck should I care about your product, um, then you're dead. You're dead. Like, and at the end of the day, no matter how cool your tech is, you still have to deal with humans. And if you're dealing with humans, you got to be able to talk to them. You got to be able to communicate with them. You know, you can't play charades with them or pantomime. You got to use words. <laughs> and, and often those words are written down on paper, on a website, in an ad. And so that's how you, you, you communicate. So. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so, rightfully so. So, I mean, with that, right, I mean, obviously you're talking about writing, you're talking about a lot of different communication devices on the application side. Like what software are, would you say that you would not be able to do what you're doing without having access to it? Um, oh, I guess a, a dirty little secret is um, I'm terrible at grammar. So Grammarly is, uh, is, is a piece of software that um, I think Grammarly hates me, actually. It's like I, I hit that button and it just goes... <gasps> Here's all the things you did wrong, you piece of shit. Why are you making me work so hard? You know, like, um, I use that. I use the Hemingway editor um, because I, you know, like the Hemingway editor is great at being like, your sentences are just too complicated, dude. Like, you're trying to, to say too much. Get to the get to the fucking point. Um, so th those two, um, you know, I use Google Docs. That's how I wrote the book. I wrote it in a Google Doc and then. Um, paid a fantastic designer to uh, off of Fiverr of all places to um, format the book, do the graphics and everything. It was like $35. I was like, you should be getting paid a lot more for this, but I will take advantage of you since you are letting me. <laughs> Man, that's hilarious. So, I mean, like, so that, like, that's your software side. So, I mean, ideally, who's your ideal custom avatar? I mean, you're talking about startups. So, I mean, but what's kind of, tell their stories a little bit. Like, who is that person? Is, is it John? Is, is he playing golf? Or is it like Michael and he's jumping off a boat? Or is it Susan and she's going through the store with the kids? Like, who's the ideal avatar for what you guys do? Um, yeah, so we we've worked actually with all kinds of different startups. Like everybody usually thinks tech when, when they think startups, but I mean, we've worked with, um, you know, nonprofits we've worked with, uh, like currently we're working with like an exercise company. That's a startup. We're working with a, uh, a CBD makeup company. That's a startup. Um, I yeah, honestly, like I'm looking for, for people who want to change their industry or, change the world um some people that i talk to that have startups i know their goal is making money right and and that's okay but um i'm looking for for some like something a little bit bigger and um so yeah like i don't like i say startups because um most people understand what a startup is but um the reason i like uh startups is because a lot of a lot of these founders are you know they're the they're the crazy ones, right? Like they're the, they're the rebels, the mavericks, right? That, uh, you know, I mean, Apple talked about that, like, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, however long that, that it's been since that campaign came out, you know, the, the people who, who want to change things, you find a lot of those people in the startup industry. Um, and those are the people that I want to work with because I'm, I'm, you know, I find similarity there with, with those people. And so, um, so to me, it's like, I don't care what your startup is, as long as is you don't, you know, it's not about money, it's about changing things. And that, that to me is, is the most interesting. Very cool. So if you had to say like your final last words of wisdom to an individual that fits that category of your ideal avatar, what insight would you give to them to keep them motivated on their journey to success? Hmm. Motivated. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question because obviously, um, you know, doing a startup, like you, you have days that like, you're just winning everything. And then you have days that like everything is going, going wrong and crashing. Um, so I would say, you know, you, you need a strong vision for, for your company, because if you don't have that, um, without it, you're going to get lost. Like, I, I think, running a company without a vision is like driving a car without a steering wheel, right? Like you can push the gas, you can hit the brakes, but if the road turns, 
you may be flying off the cliff. Um, and the vision helps helps steer your actions, your decisions, and um, because you understand where you're trying to go. And I ran a company without a vision. And yeah, I, I, I ran that son of a bitch right off the road. <laughs> um, and when, you know, when we rebuilt and rebranded, I came back and I said, okay, I got to figure this thing out first, right? Like I need to know what we're doing, where we're going. And the reason, um, the reason I, that I say that is because, um, you know, having a vision, it's a future state. This is where we want to go. So every action that I take is, is, is focused on how do I get to that future state, but it's also a story, right? It's a story that, that you can tell to your employees, to anybody who, who, um, may be thinking about working with you. Like, this is where I want to go, you know, isn't that great? Right. And, and the other thing is don't make the vision about yourself. Like I've heard people be like, well, our vision is to, to make $2 million by next year. And it's like, well, nobody, nobody fucking cares, dude, because that vision is about you. Um, I think a strong vision is like, uh, building a house that other people can see themselves living in, right? Like your vision should draw other people in. And when those people come in, they can, they can go, I know how I can help push this thing forward. I know what we're doing today because I know where we're going, right? Like without it, you're just, you know, getting your car on the road and who knows where you're going to end up. And yeah. So, um, yeah, make sure you, you figure that out. Uh, like, I think that's really important. Very nice. So the listener that's listening right now is probably, you know, thinking about, okay, I love this guy. I love his energy. I want to get in contact <laughs> with him. Right. Like, so how do someone get in contact with you? I mean, obviously there's social media, there's websites, there's podcasts, like funnel them in. Where do you want them to go? Um, yeah. So, I mean, the main way to get, get a hold of, of me is just to go to storyfyagency.com. That's just S T O R I F Y agency.com. There's a, um, there's a button on there. Either says schedule a caller or something like that. Um, and we can definitely sit down and chat. Um, other than that, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, that's like the most, uh, the platform I use the most because it's business focused. I tend to kind of like say random shit on Facebook and then post a, an image on Instagram, like every six months. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not on, uh, on those platforms as much, but on LinkedIn, you can connect with me and, and you can start a, start a chat or whatever, or, you know, uh, you know, just hit the website and, and, um, you can schedule a call. We got, you know, like everybody else, we got calendars and all that fun stuff. So it's easy nice. to do. Nice. Nice. So we're going into the bonus round. I got a couple of bonus questions for you. Uh, <laughs> the first and foremost, I think like going back to the commonalities that we share, I mean, I think indirectly without you saying it, you're in a, uh, you know, you're an adventure or adrenaline junkie of sorts. So let's talk about some of your pastimes and some of your hobbies. Uh, sure. So, um, I took up Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, last year. Um, great time to, to take up <laughs> a close quarter uh, combat sport. Um, uh, I have been a scuba diver since 2004, so I've done about 150 dives. I've been to, I don't know, seven, eight different uh, countries, most of which are islands. Most people wouldn't consider them countries, but I've been to like Turks and Caicos, Aruba, uh, Bimini, uh, you know, Mexico, uh, Belize. Um, so I, I dove all over and, um, and then on, you know, not necessarily an adrenaline junkie type thing, you know, I do, um, some artwork and I also produce electronic music on, on the side. So, uh, I keep myself busy. Yeah. I think that that's an understatement, right? <laughs> I got another one for you, right? And I think this yeah. is pretty interesting with your diverse background. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? Um, hmm. Who would it be? Uh, you know, um, I, I, this, this is probably going to seem seem like a, a, sim, a, a simplistic answer, but uh, I, I think Elon Musk is a total crazy ass, but I would love to hang out with him and just kind of like talk about the future. Um, because obviously he's, he's pushing a lot of things forward. 
Um, and he also has a very unique perspective on just about everything he does, how he runs his business, um, where he's going next. And um, so I think it would be really interesting to sit down with him and, and just pick his brain and, and see, uh, see what he has to say. And like I said, it may be some crazy ass shit, but, uh, (laughs) but you know, some of the things that, that he's, he's been doing is I think definitely pushing the needle forward for humanity, you know, like creating Tesla, you know, trying to move towards, you know, being more, uh, electricity focused versus like, you know, um, fossil fuels, um, going into space, you know, it's like, I, I read a ton of science fiction and it's like, I'm like in my lifetime, like we're probably going to start having like round trips to the moon, you know? And it's like, it's because of, of what he's doing and, and, um, what Jeff Bezos is doing and, um, Richard Branson are doing, you know, they're, they're pushing the envelope and saying, and to the point where like space flight becomes normalized. Well, when space flight becomes normalized, then going to other planets becomes normalized, then colonizing other planets becomes normalized. Then people having kids on other planets and growing up becomes a normalized thing, but you got to start somewhere. And, and we're seeing that right now. So it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely awesome. I think we're we're at the dawn of things that we've read about as kids through comic books or we've seen right. you know, TV and sci-fi. We're living sci-fi now, like to yeah. the point to where you know people are like non-astronauts are leaving the atmosphere. It's kind of like what the think about that. Like, <laughs> back in the sixties, they were just trying to get out outside the atmosphere, and now it's kind of like we're just sending up random people into space, and they're going to come back down perfectly fine, considering that NASA has blown up probably more rockets than they want to tell us about. Right. So it's, Oh yeah. SpaceX, the same thing, man. I mean, they're, they're blowing up rockets. Like it seems like once a month and it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine, I mean, being, being, uh, you know, in the 1960s and they're like, yeah, okay. So we got this tin can, we're going to pressurize it and then strap a fucking rocket to it. Mm. And, and then we're going to hope you make it back. (laughs) And somebody was like, I'll do that. Sign me up, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like Interstellar is like one of my favorite movies. It's kind of like when you just see Interstellar, so what you're talking about is kind of like once we figure out like the whole time thing and figure out how to collapse time and space, is, we're into a whole another ball game, man, for sure. That is a so, great movie. That's actually one of one of my favorite of Christopher Nolan's, although I really like Tenet. Like, man. So, <laughs> cool, cool. So, going into closing, man, I, I like to, you know, give the Boston Cage podcast over to my guests. The microphone is yours. The show is yours. Do you have any questions that you would like to ask me? Yeah, I mean, I here, here's a question. I mean, how would you summarize what you've learned from your journey? Because you've had so many different kind of roles, and and you've evolved as you've gone through those things. Like, what? Um, what would you say your takeaway has been through that process? Takeaway is simple, man. Break a lot of eggs a lot faster. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people are they're scared, man. I think fear is such a huge factor to where when you come out of college, you're thinking about, okay, I have to work to provide or I have to make money to survive or whatever it is. But, you know, in those first, I would say probably from ages 15 to 25, like that 10 year, break as many eggs, travel, explore, dibble, dabble. If you have opportunity to go somewhere and you're like, okay, I'm short 50 bucks, find the damn 50 bucks and make it happen. Because, you know, when you get older, that's when the responsibility really starts to kick in. So why not live your life as an adventure from day one and take Mm -hmm. all those things that you learn in a young age and compile them and make them into an experience for someone else? That way you can kind of give back what you've learned to educate other people so they can have the same experiences. Because, like, you know, we travel, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of times you're traveling, you're looking around, and you're, like, on a cruise ship, and you're like, everybody on this damn cruise ship is my grandparent, right? <laughs> on the plane, right? You, you go somewhere, like, you know, like you're talking about Belize, and you look around, and it's like 50% of the flight could be my grandparents. And because they're the ones that have lived the life long enough to have we have the capital, the resources to kind of pay for it. We have to figure out how to do that at a younger age so we can be 25, 30 years old on a plane right there next to the old guys saying, hey, you know, I've done what you've done in half the time. Maybe I can help your kids or your grandkids experience what you're experiencing now at a younger age. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I like when I was 26, I 
just was like, I'm going to London. <laughs> like I did that, you know, went to uh, South Africa for World Cup, um, you know, went to Hong Kong, went to Japan, um, you know, and like, yeah, traveling, it, it also opens up your eyes um, to to see more of what's going on in the world. Because I think in the U.S., we tend to be very U.S. centric. Um, and, uh, you know, when you travel, like you also meet like random people from other countries too. Like, uh, you know, we, we hung out with some Lithuanians one night in, uh, in, in London and it was a blast. Like, and it was like, these are people from halfway around the world. We don't know each other, but we're connecting, we're sharing stories, we're getting to know one another and we're, we're having a good time. And it's like, um, you know, the same thing happened, uh, you know, in Hong Kong, like, um, and in Japan, like we met people who were like really cool, you know, it's like, it, you know, there's, there's so much more outside of the U S although we have a lot. Right. And, and so that's why it's like a lot of people just travel within the U S like, you know, you want mountains, you go to the mountains, you want beach, you go to the beach. I mean, we have all this, all this great stuff and, you know, really great cities and whatnot, but there's so much more, um, outside of, of, of our country and, um, getting out and experiencing that and seeing how people are, how they think, how they view the world, um, I think expands your perspective. So, uh, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah, don't wait to travel, you know, until you're too old to go out all night partying in London. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I think it changes you, um, when you travel, you know, I think it definitely does. To your point that you made earlier about traveling to space, right? You know, Elon and, you know, all these other guys like Jeff Bezos, they're, they've done the traveling and now they're trying to travel to other planets. So you still mm -hmm. got people that are like in a, in a state and they've been in that state for their entire life. So, I mean, think about it. By the time you catch up to tr trying to travel the world, we're going to Mars. And then from Mars, <laughs> Saturn, right? So you just kind of have to kind of figure out, like, where are you on the spectrum? But you're so behind the curve. And to your point, like, you may meet somebody in, in Germany that's from Japan, but eventually you're going to meet somebody in Mars that's from Saturn. So, like, you have yeah. to figure out how to kind of expand a little bit more, for sure. Oh, man. When you, when, you, when you said Mars, all I could think was Dave Chappelle. Mars, bitches, M-A-R-S. <laughs> 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 that was one of the funniest skits. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's hilarious, man. Well, if you had any other questions, this is the time. If not, then that's it, man. You got any other uh, questions? Yeah, yeah. I, dude, I could keep going on this. So, like, sure. you leaving it open. Um, so, tell me about your writing process. Because, like, I just was like, I need to write 1,500 words a day, right? And then... I did that for about a week and I burned myself out <laughs> yeah. and then I had to take like two days off and because I could only squeeze out like 50 words and then I, and then I got back on it and, and was good. So what is your writing process? Like how long does it take for you to, to write a book? Yep. So in the beginning, it took me six, six to nine months. Nowadays, I could essentially write a book per week if I choose to, but obviously I got other things going on. So I just kind of, I staged my books out stretch mm -hmm. them out a little bit. So mm -hmm. my process is like, to your point, writing 1500 words a day, I can't do that. Like, and, and again, I think physically writing something takes away so much time. So what I've learned to do is, is capture content. So podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. Creating mm -hmm. videos, YouTube. So part of my podcasting is I'm interviewing individual people. We're having this great conversation. This conversation may spark something in my mind, like talking about Mars, talking about interstellar, then I may create a video on that, right? Or I may take a topic about branding and I may create a video on that branding. But what I've done is I, I before I create this content, I go in and I just create bullet lists. I'm like, okay, what am I going to cover? I'm going to cover these three core things about branding or brand strategy or about storytelling. And then what am I quick takeaways. Okay. That's a good takeaway. That's a good takeaway. That's a good takeaway. And then after that, it's like, what's the call of action? What do I want the reader to do? And I'll do that for all of these particular sections. They become my chapters. Then I record a video, launch it on YouTube. Again, you create three or four different videos, five, six, 10 videos, mm -hmm. transcribe those videos, take my bulleted list and compile them together. And now I have my chapter outlines and I have my, my core body of content from my own first voice. And then what I can do is take that and before I clean it up, I'll give it to a ghostwriter and say, okay, look, 
I've written out about 5,000 words. Here's the topics. Here's my tonality. Here's my voice. Here's my key takeaways. Here's my call of actions. I need you to fluff it up a little bit. I need you to kind of do a little bit of research. Take a, a, a article section from over here. Find me um, some, some data from some resource over here. Pull those sources together. And I want this 5,000 words to now become 15,000 words. Then I'll take that 15,000 words and I'll give it to someone to edit. And then that's a book. Mm. Wow. So, okay. So you, so you've, um, you simply, you've simplified the process or, or you've set up a process that, that you can follow. Um, but you're, but by using the ghostwriter, it's helping you augment, right? So you're not spending all the time doing that stuff. Um, so that, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, uh, wrote out the topics I wanted to talk about, uh, in like notepad kind of thing. Uh, and then I came back and I said, okay, what are the subtopics to these main topics? And it was like, I was trying to get three to five in, in each one of those. Um, and then I, um, and then I sat down with that and looked at that and said, okay, I need to write about this today. And I need to talk, talk about all these different things. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the 1500 words, that was like, like somebody going, yeah, I think I could bench 200 pounds, <laughs> or 250 or whatever. And you like bring it down and push it back up once. And you're like, oh, that was really hard. And then you do it again. And you're like, uh, not quite getting it there. It's like, kind of need to work up to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah. So if, you, if okay. you're creating video content or you're creating audio content, I mean, the 1500 words, you can easily do that in a few minutes, right? You can kind of talk to the audience, talk to your clientele, testimonial, whatever it is, just talk. And then again, you're giving value add. Just think mm -hmm. about the formula of the value add. The formula is my topic, my takeaway, and the action. Topic, mm -hmm. takeaway, action. And as long as you stick to those three, whoever's going to receive that content in a book format from you, they're going to get value from it. So that's, mm -hmm. that's like, that's my current formula to where I'm writing essentially all my books moving forward. And like my first books, when I first started, it was kind of like, I will talk about these 1000 topics and I'm going to condense them into this one book. And I was like, okay, that's not going to happen. How do I take one book and create a series? So then I created a formula for creating series. And then I was like, okay, now I got these series of books. What's the next step? Then I had to kind of go back in and revise. I was like, I had to make sure that every single chapter, I have a key takeaway. Every single chapter, I need to have some kind of call of action. And then mm -hmm. obviously the extra cherries on top is um, a quote or a testimonial, something that visual people can kind of look at and be like, huh, okay, Steve Jobs said that. That's cool. That's interesting. And they mm -hmm. can hold on to that thing. And that's just, you put those pieces of puzzles together, then it becomes very transparent how you can step and repeat creating content or creating books forever. Yeah. I, I actually structured mine a little bit differently, but I like the way you did yours. So I, I, cause I'm a movie fanatic. Um, I structured it in three acts. And so it's like the science, right? So here's the proof. Um, and then, and then from there it was like, you go through the proof. Okay. I, I get, here's, here's what's happening. Then I go through and say, how do you tell a good story? Right. Break it all down give lots of examples, show how you can tell a story in a tagline, you can tell a story in an email, you know, um, all those different ways. Um, and, and kind of go, here's the recipe, right? Like, here's the components you need, you need the eggs, you need the flour, you need the butter, you need the sugar, you need the salt, you know. Um, and then the third act, that's where all the actionable stuff is. Now, here's how you apply this, right? Mm -hmm. And I talk about how to write an email, how to, um, you know, do branding, how to, you know, do all these different things. And then I actually added like a bonus section, which was like six or seven chapters that are related, but not they're they're adjacent or parallel to. So like I talked about like um, mindset stuff, right? Because if you're running a startup, you're going to be dealing with mindset stuff or a small business or, or you're an entrepreneur. Um, I talk about vision. I talk about all those other things that um, while the book is not directly about those, I thought it was important, but that's why I, I called it bonus chapters. Um, and, and something else that I did, I think that you'll get a kick out of and probably the audience will too, because I'm such a movie fanatic. I love soundtracks to movies and being a former rave DJ, I just like music in general. So every chapter has a song that goes with it. And there's a Spotify playlist and a YouTube playlist. So you can listen to music while you read the book and the chapter, each chapter either, uh, 
what they're saying in in the um, in the song relates to what I'm talking about in the chapter, or it captures the feel of that chapter. Um, like the first uh, the first chapter is called the anti boring ass introduction because I hate freaking introductions where the authors are just sitting there fluffing their nuts for like <laughs> like what seems like a thousand words and i'm like just get to the fucking point dude um and so for that chapter i i used uh welcome to the jungle by guns and roses and it just kind of kicks off from there and the music is all over the place i mean i got 80s pop i got hip-hop i got uh you know french musicians australian musicians i got like all this all this music and um so I tried to create more of an experience um, yeah, yeah. with it. So, yeah, I, I think I definitely, I definitely love that that concept. I mean, to your point, I mean, you're not just telling the story on on the literary side; you're also communicating it through the music side. So, anyone that yeah. actually reads and listens to the music at the same time, you're already filling in that void for them before they even have to ask for it. So, I definitely, it's a good, solid concept. I mean, it's something that if anyone's listening and you're writing a book right now you probably want to start creating some playlists to go along with your chapters it's a great idea yeah because like i mean i wish i could put the music in the book but then i'd have royalty issues <laughs> but you uh, can do qr codes in a book right so i mean obviously you could say hey scan this to go here and then once they get to spotify wherever wherever that you send them to then they could deal with that on that side yeah, I, I set the links in the book, so you, so you should be able to just click on it and then have it open up. Um, although I don't know how. Yeah, like um, I don't know how that's or or you'll have to, or you can just search it right. Like you can search how to hack humans on Spotify right now, and you'll find the playlist. Um, so um, so anyway, just a a, a different different perspective on on how I put things together versus how you put things together. But I like the idea of actually putting the actionable thing in each chapter and not leaving it to the final third. I think yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, and it took me a while to, to figure that out because again, you know, I was like, okay, somebody's gonna read this book and, and they're gonna read the entire book. Then I started reading more and more books and started listening to more and more audio books and I started realizing that damn as people we jump around. Yeah. So if they if they jump from chapter two to chapter seven, then back to chapter four, and then I have at the end of the book all these this Q and A stuff, and then like damn, they, they'll miss this, the 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 items that I want them to really cover. So splitting it up in smaller bites and giving them smaller steps on the journey, no matter what chapter they get into, then they'll have access to that. But I mean, to your point, what you're talking about with those links, I think those links are definitely cool because in my books, what I use is QR codes. Like I'll take QR codes and I'll use them for everything. If I'm talking about a particular product, I'm going to have a QR code in there. So for you, if you have music, I would say when you get to your physical book to put those QR codes in there and make them trackable. So you can kind of see, okay, I have a book, I have 10 songs and I'm scanning it with a QR code. Then you can mm -hmm. kind of say, okay, you know what? This one song, song on chapter five, I've had 10,000 downloads mm -hmm. more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of take that song and kind of like utilize that song a little bit more because obviously like your audience is more communicated with that one particular item versus all mm -hmm. the songs. Yeah, I didn't actually, uh, none of my songs are, are in the playlist because I'm still working on, on my EP to get it on Spotify. It'll be up, up there at the end of the year, but I haven't, I don't have any of, of my stuff, but, um, but that does, uh, I like that, that point because, you know, I'm, always trying to figure out how to how to improve and so that's a great tip i really appreciate that <laughs> oh cool, cool well i definitely appreciate it. i mean i think you and i we could probably we're so much alike we could probably sit here and talk for another five hours and end up being like a joe rogan episode right like five <laughs> hours into it but i definitely appreciate you coming on the show today man it was definitely well worth having you and, and i look forward to to reading your book and seeing what else you come up with in the, in the years to come yeah definitely yeah and i i, I had a lot of fun um you know uh, so thank thank you for having me <laughs> It was great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. 
Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.